we're going to now make our next connection with uh, one of the smartest guys in the sports business field, good friend of mine uh, for a long, long time. And I first met him when he was sort of the sales manager or business side leader of the Washington Capitals, one of my best friends in the world uh, who's been in San Francisco, San Anselmo area for about 25, 30 years now is David Rubenstein, and David's boss was Andy Dolich. And uh, Andy uh, was brought in was brought in to, to be a part of the Capitals management team way back in 1976, and he corrected me last night. He, um, he came to the Capitals from the Maryland Arrows, to give you uh, kind of some context of, of, of the level of sports this gentleman has worked in, and he's an old friend, Andy Dolich. He joins us right now in the bat around. Andy, how are you? I'm great. Uh, old friend. You mean we've been friends for a long time. Let's put it that way. All right. That's fine. That's fine and dandy. Hey, um, I wanted to have you on. I, Rubenstein and I were texting the other day, and I said, did you work for them? I, I remembered he hadn't worked for them from, the, from their inception, the Capitals. And he said, my first day was the last game of the first season. And then he went on to a, a good, what, four or five-year run with the Capitals. But you became his boss in 1976, which would have been, what, their third year in existence, right. the Capitals? Yeah, I skipped the eight-win season. And, <laughs> and I always think about the fact that I worked for the 76ers, as we've talked about, in their 9-73 and 73 season. With Steve, uh, Steve, Mix was their, Steve Mix was their star. Uh, well, I don't. You can't be a star when you're nine and seventy-three. Yes. yes. Uh, but but uh, I didn't work there in the eight-win season. But the great part about hockey is there's ties, uh, so we didn't have <laughs> all those losses. But uh, I was in there when the Caps were really trying to establish a foundation in D.C. and uh, Rubenstein, the greatest self-positioned uh, salesperson in the history of American sports. Uh, we had to sell season tickets, and doing it in the summer in Washington, Baltimore, when it's 98 degrees and 103% humidity isn't the easiest thing to do. It's kind of like selling ice to the Eskimos, almost. In a, rever- in a reverse aspect, yeah. I totally agree. Now, your position, you were hired to be sort of the general sales manager back then, or were you more on the... The, the entire business side back when you first joined the Capitals in 76? Yeah, it was more of the entire business side. So we had uh, Max McNabb, the father of Peter McNabb, who went on to have a great uh, career in the NHL. Max was the general manager. Tommy McVie was the coach. Peter O'Malley, who was Abe Poland's uh, consigliere, the man who helped get um, – the, the franchise for Washington D.C. He was the team. Aid, he was the team know. president, right? Yes. Okay, and I'd so forgotten that he, name he, for a long time. Yep. Yeah, Peter was one of the smartest operatives, uh, a major force in politics in the area. Actually, Steny Hoyer uh, and Peter were very, very close friends. Peter was a political operative in the most positive sense back those days. Yeah because you don't want to say political operative today. You throw somebody under the bus. <laughs> but Peter Peter was a tremendous organizer. 
the Caps. I mean, hockey in D.C., not exactly a great history. And my job, uh, I guess in today's world, it would be the COO, as you look at sports front offices, everything that had to do with generating revenue, advertising, promotion, broadcast, that was all the responsibility of the group that we put together. So I'm just curious, 1976, you've been through the, the wars at every different league and, and all different levels, always high up in management. Do, does what the Capitals uh, accomplished over the last couple of weeks, did it resonate with you as something like, hey, this is pretty neat, I started with these guys, you know, I was there at the beginning. Absolutely. And the more that I think about it over the past week or so, it's brought a lot of people together. Uh, there's another guy we were sort of like Molary and Curly named Roger Moskowitz. I remember Roger, Roger very well. Roger works for Monumental. Yep. So when I got the job with uh, Oakland A's, I brought David and Roger with me to the West Coast, and then Roger decided to go back. So Roger has to be one of the longest-serving uh, capitals, cap center, uh, as they've moved through all these different uh, levels of winning and losing. But you always have it in your DNA that any team that you work with, whether it suffers or whether it gets to the highest level of championship as the Caps did, you celebrate it. So lots of emails and tweets and texts between all the people that had it. I mean, David Aldridge, David Steele, yep. um, writers, and so many other people. And that really, as we've talked about on the show before, is the wonderful part about sports. I mean, seeing the celebration outside the arena uh, when the game was taking place thousands of miles away you know, that's great. And I worked for the Warriors and saw the same thing happen last night. We're, we're partners with Monumental Sports, so I know Zach, Ted's son, uh, pretty well. I've never met Ted, but, uh, you know, obviously a big admirer of what he's accomplished, both at uh, uh, America Online and, uh, you know, whatever he's done. He's just been at the top of his game. Would, would, would a reunion for all caps employees over the years or the most significant 100 of them, would that be something that would be interesting to guys like you and David to come back in for? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know anybody else that would be interested in it because uh, <laughs> it, it, the observation that you just made, if you think about a team and I was thinking about it, it's like, wow, that's 40 plus years ago. Yeah. So think about, how many people have worked for that franchise, have played for that franchise, right? Have brought pucks into practice for yep. that franchise, coaches. Um, that would be a pretty amazing type of an event, more so for the people that experienced it, whether it's uh, Robert Picard or uh, Tommy McVie or... Uh, Guy Sharon yep. or Hartland Monahan and all the other great players. Ivan Labray, right? Uh, you, you got it. Yep. Uh, and as you mentioned that, you know, we had a difficult time getting people to be able to pronounce the names. And this was before sort of the Europeanization, um, you know, where you have Kuznetsov 
and you have Ovechkin, and you have players, you know, from uh, all over Scandinavia playing for teams. I think hockey's got to be one of the toughest sports to announce. And, you know, I think of Ron Weber, um, who helped sell uh, through his incredible work on the radio, helped sell the biscuit in the basket to people throughout the Washington, Baltimore area. It's just brought it's brought back a flood of memories for me. Now you're a you're a Philly guy originally, correct? Or well, I'm a Brooklyn. You're a born, Brooklyn born, Long but Island you... raised. But I guess I have that East Coast swagger that some people on the West Coast don't like very much. What, but um, I'm an East Coast guy who's been out here for a long time. What, what what hit me during the last week or 10 days, it reminded me through my joy of watching the Caps accomplish this, uh, accomplish this, it reminded me, though, of the bittersweet history Baltimore hockey had. Were you around the sports world? Do you remember much about when the NHL was six teams and they were going uh, to double their, their league to 12 they were going to have two teams out west, two in the Midwest, and two on the East Coast again. And Baltimore, going into that expansion hunt, was considered a favorite early on until they came and toured the Civic Center and saw what the deficiencies in that building were. Do you remember that Well, at my all? memory was the inside was the NHL stood for the Norris Hockey League. Okay. So the Norris family were the owner of the Detroit Red Wings and the Wirtz family, the owner of the Blackhawks. And then you had the Rangers and, of course, Toronto and, and Montreal. So and the Bruins. really was and the Bruins, such, yeah. a, you know, yeah, such a smaller entity at that time, family controlled. And to think about where hockey has come, all the sports, but where yeah. hockey has has matured to these days is pretty amazing. And was it the Baltimore Blades? I can't even remember. Well, here, here's what it was. We had the Baltimore Clippers, which were right. an American Hockey League franchise. And if you remember, if you only had six NHL teams, your six teams or eight teams in that next AAA league were pretty damn good players. There were players like Jean Rattel, Eddie Jacquemin, uh, uh, Ulf Sterner, that were in the American Hockey League. So the Clippers, we were a farm club of the Rangers. And then the Blades came after we lost out on getting an NHL franchise. The World Hockey League had a team that was collapsing in either Detroit or Houston. I think it was Houston. They were the Arrows. And they moved midseason 74 to Baltimore. And that really was kind of the death knell to hockey in Baltimore is when that league collapsed. They had to go back to the drawing board, and they got an Eastern Hockey League team, which was lower than than the AHL. Yeah, and you think about it, mentioning Eddie Jacquemin from the Rangers, and I think back, I first started watching the Rangers on TV in New York when I was growing up, and I still have a difficult time understanding how goalies, like my favorite, Gump Worsley, played without a mask. Goalies played uh, without, without a mask. mask. Yep, yep. And and of course, none of the players had these windshields, and nobody wore helmets. Talk yep. about a tough group of guys. Um, in all the sports that I've worked in, uh, the hockey players, especially since you know we had mostly Canadian American players, they were the best group of guys. 
because they earned everything. Um, You know, they didn't come from sort of this elite background and college and all that. And they were just a really good group of people, both on and off the ice and the toughest SOPs that I've ever seen. It's it's interesting to catch up with you on this topic. You and I always find some commonality of things to talk about, but it was funny as this week developed and and yesterday when I had the day to sit there, I said, you know, I'd really like, I know it's a baseball talk show, but I'd like to talk to somebody that might really remember what it was like. You worked for Abe for how many years there in Washington? Well, I was with the team for two years, but the two years before that, I was the VP of operations for the Maryland Arrows, the indoor box lacrosse team. And we played in the summer, and believe it or not, Stan, there were players in our league that played in regular season NHL, uh, but there were no gigantic salaries. Uh, Doug Favell, uh, Rick Dudley, some other stars in the NHL actually played in the National Lacrosse League in the summer to earn some extra bucks and to stay in shape. So we played in the old cap center. We did pretty well in attendance, and that really sort of got the attention of the Caps to look at what we were doing, and that got me the job offer to come over and work with Peter O'Malley and Abe. Um, and you know, then I went over to the Washington Diplomats. So I was in the marketplace for a long time, went to American University, and Abe always exemplified to me, the kind of quality that you want in an owner. And I think Ted Leonsis definitely has it. Yep. You know, he's not always in the media every day, yapping and jawing about something. He hires the best people that he can. He lets them do their job. And, you know, luckily it can end up, you know, with a parade. I'm still waiting to see whether, the White House visit is going to be Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Orlov. <laughs> only, only three Russians. Maybe we should uh, see maybe if put, this works. Maybe Vladimir and, will come. Maybe Vladimir will come. No, over. that's my point. Yeah. So Donald could have his best friend, Vladimir, and the five of them could celebrate. How cool would that be? I love it. I love it. Andy, always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll get back to some baseball talk down the road a few weeks. All right. You got it. All Thanks, right, now, I'm going to I'm going to work on I'm going to work on trying to get Roger on our TV show sometime in the near future, and I'm going to hatch that idea about a reunion of all the Caps original. He, he'll he'll do it. He's a great relationship guy. He's seen it as much as anybody. All uh, right. Have a great rest of the weekend. All right, you too, and thanks for fitting us in. All right, sure. There you have it, Andy Dolich, one of the best guys in sports business.